0: Good morning to our film banter listeners. Uh, This is Claudia here with Jared. And uh, it is definitely the morning time here because I'm looking across from me at Jared and he has a black coffee in the right fist and in the left fist, a ghost energy drink. Pink lemonade flavor
1: breakfast of champions
0: and i mean the dude is like pounding caffeine this morning but when is he not throughout the day jared drinks coffee and caffeinated beverages like at night like it's wild to me my heart would explode if i was doing the same thing
1: it's yeah at this point it just gets me through the day (laughs) i don't know i mean it's, uh, well, you know, I mean, yours, yours isn't as bad as mine, but like if you don't drink any caffeine at all and your head starts hurting.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, but I mean, my mine
1: would be really bad if I didn't drink any.
0: Yeah. My tolerance is so low though. Cause I just have a green tea in the morning. Like I just finished my hot green tea with lemon and honey in it and I will be good for the rest of the day. Like I don't. That's it, yeah. I don't need a lot.
1: Yeah, how much is in green tea?
0: Uh, I think black tea has more caffeine. Like black tea is closer to a cup of coffee, I believe. Green tea is still like on the stronger side, but it's not like wildly strong. I don't think it's quite the same as like a black cup of coffee. But like when I have coffee, I feel like my chest is like, Swollen, like my my heart just starts what? thumping. Swollen? Yeah, like my chest, literally, my heart starts feeling like it's just beating way too hard. Like it's working overtime when I have caffeine, like coffee, caffeine. But when I have oh. tea, it's not like that at all. Even black tea, like I'll have a large black tea, and
1: you can drink it all. Just of that?
0: my body processes it better than it does coffee. Okay. So,
1: I think out of everything, coffee works the best with me yeah just in general definitely anything else it's still works but i don't know especially if it's like just getting like a shot of espresso i love that. that's my favorite i would like to one day actually get one of those so i can have that at home an espresso, espresso machine. machine. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Maybe we we can get one for Christmas.
1: Hold on. Let's see how many people hate or love this.
0: Jared taking a bong rip.
1: <laughs> Dude, actually that does kind of sound it like a like
0: sl-
1: <laughs> <laughs> To be clear, I'm not taking a bong rip.
0: No. No, he's not. He's sipping on that coffee. ASMR style. At least I didn't go. That's the worst. Stop it. That Black Mirror episode.
1: Oh yeah. With that guy. Every (laughs)
0: time he took a sip of anything, he goes. "Ah," And she's just like getting so annoyed hearing it. Which understandably, because that's awful.
1: Yes, it is. Wasn't it like a dating thing? Yeah, it was the Hang the DJ episode. Right. Yeah.
0: Which is one of the best Black Mirror episodes, by the way.
1: Yeah, it is. This is our, yeah, this is our first AM recording.
0: Is this the first time we've recorded in the morning? Like,
1: basically, like, moments after waking up, yeah. Yeah, that's true. When did you get up? You haven't been up that that long. I got
0: up at 9.20.
1: Okay. Yeah, I got up, like. 25 minutes after you then
0: yeah i was not up a long time i got up i made myself some toast with butter and jelly some tea a little bit of granola Mm -hmm. that was my breakfast and then i sat down to watch sex education and like i mean i was probably 10 15 minutes into the episode and you came out yeah so
1: sorry i'm still i'll be good in a second i'm just trying to trying to get enough caffeine in me and then I'll be I'll be good for the pod. He's
0: trying to medicate so that he can work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> medicate <laughs> yeah. so I can work.
0: Yeah. Your dependency.
1: Yeah. It is. If you if you get that bad of a headache, if you don't have any, that is definitely an addiction, but I'm just I'm okay with that being there, my addiction rather rather than way worse stuff that you could be addicted to?
0: Yeah, there's a list of things that, that yeah. are worse than being addicted to caffeine. Yeah, so I'm okay with it. Most of the population is addicted to caffeine. Not that it's right. That's true. But <laughs> it's just hard to get the brain going.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, did you already... Yeah, you, gr- you greeted everyone, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I will also... Welcome to Film Banzer. We have a absolute heater of a movie we're doing today. Big time. Yeah.
0: Literally and figuratively mm-hmm. because I mean the yeah. the name's in the title in the title. So yeah. we did Man on Fire. And boy was he.
1: Yep. Which by the way just a one of the coolest names for a movie too. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna get in the movie in, in a little bit. I have a quick story up top that I would like to share
0: oh with boy. Claudia
1: and the uh, and the whole audience. So I can't wait. I, <laughs> this is nice because normally you have all the stories because you're out way more in the public in general than I am. Right. So this was a rare occurrence for me. <laughs> and even when I'm out, I'm not. I'm not socializing with anyone. I, I keep to myself a lot. And this was, but this was an indirect socialization for me. So, I was going to. There's a brand new Chick Fil A uh, that just opened, pretty close to us now, which is awesome.
0: Shout out the Lord's Chicken. The what? The Lord's Chicken.
1: Oh, the Lord's Chicken. It is. The Lord's Chips. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know it was the Lord's chips? <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. I need a little bit more coffee. Just vamp for a second, Claudia. Yeah, get Claudia. it in. Oh, or just yeah. yawning, I'm as yawning as <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: yeah, doing I'm yawning as you're doing that. I'm
1: going to say, do you need more Probably.
0: I am I keep yawning a lot, actually.
1: Yeah, I don't think that was enough. Green tea is not enough caffeine.
0: Sure it is. I'm a sleepy girl, Okay. Even at work, after I've had like my caffeine, I'm like I'm still yawning until about lunchtime. I just that's no, I know. It's just how I am.
1: Also, you were up very late last night. Well, late for you. Yes, actually, it was really late for you. Really
0: late for me. It was like almost one o'clock in the morning by the time I got to bed. We had the kids over and we're just sitting watching things on TV, and I was just like, "Oh, it's like twelve thirty. Cool." Yeah
1: all right so back to my story yeah so went to the new chick-fil-a walked in and i was like dang this is nice it is super nice in there i mean it always is when there's a new one but it's like it's like extra modern looking i don't know even like the checkout area was very uh very different than the other one
0: cool i'm excited (laughs) to see it
1: yeah but all right so i'm in there I'll try to not make this story really long. So I order my food. A really nice lady. Of course, they're always nice in there. Right. But this lady I could tell was nice anyway, even though they have to be like, my my pleasure and all that. Sure. You know? <laughs> but so I order my food and then she's like, all right, stand over there uh, and wait for it to come out. All right. So I'm off to the side. I'm like to the... If I'm looking at the register, I'm like to the left. Uh, There was no one else really around ordering. It was just me. Uh, But then like as I'm waiting, like maybe like 10 seconds go by. I see this woman come inside and like storm up to the counter or the register. And even the way she was like walking up, I knew immediately what the situation was going to be. And I'm like... I'm like, "Oh no." And I immediately just like looked down at my phone because I was already embarrassed for this person.
0: Oh jeez. That's how
1: like especially when these kind of things happen in like restaurants or public places. I hate it. And I immediately I'm like this is not going to be good. So, yeah, so I'm just I'm just looking at my phone the whole time. And this lady uh I don't I'm not going to generalize or say anything but
0: she probably looks exactly how you would picture i was gonna
1: say yeah, a woman that's exactly i'm su- yeah just picture what you think she would look like you're probably right um <laughs> so she comes up and she first thing she's like she has she has a, a chick-fil-a bag she opens it up and she's like she's immediately so mean to this woman and she's like this food is burnt Uh, she, and she actually like takes apart the food and she's like showing to her. She's like, you see how burnt this is? Uh, then, uh, what else does she say about it? Oh, she's like, she's like now, and I, she was already very mean to this lady. But the next thing this lady says is now I'm not going to be super crazy or me or uh, yell, yell at you guys because you guys just opened. And I'm like, really already? This is what, where she's going with it. And then the absolute worst thing she said that. I was already pretty mad, but got me to fuming level was she's like, now she's like, this time I'm going to show you guys grace. She used the grace word, which also this was not, she was not using the word in the right context at all because her actions said the complete opposite of grace. Uh, And then the, the lady at the register that, that I ordered from, she was like, course still being really nice and she was like I'm so sorry and she started laying out a, a bunch of options for her she's like we could we can remake it uh, we can just give you a refund she's like or we can give you a gift card it was at least those three options I think she even offered, offered something else too she's very nice about it and the lady just for all the options she's like she's like no she's like I don't want any of that and then So the girl working was like, okay. And then she's trying to think, she's like, uh, and then she basically just repeated herself again. She's like, okay, well, we can do this, do this, do this, the same four options because that is plenty. Correct. (laughs) And she was saying no to all of them. So the second time that the Chick-fil-A employee started saying all this stuff again and kind of explaining even more like, Hey, we could do this. We could do this. I imagine they're so good there. They, they probably would have refunded her. Oh
0: Yeah. They're just going to try and make it right.
1: Yeah. I would say they probably would have refunded. They probably would have done all options. They probably would have refunded her, gave her a gift card and remade her food. You know, like they probably would have done all certainly. Uh, so the second time she's repeating all this to try to get this woman, something, uh, that she'll be happy with the lady cuts her off and she's like, She's like, you know what? She's like, I tried here. She's like, she's like, I'm done. And she's like, clearly this is not, I can't remember her exact words when she was like about to walk away, but she, she just kept raising her voice and like, just, I, I don't, I don't understand this thought process. I mean, Even if it, you're having the worst day imaginable, I still understand how you could go about this situation that way. Right. So then she walks, then she just leaves. The the Chick fil A employee is still trying to like talk to her in the middle of the conversation. She just walks out and uh, just storms out. So she got nothing. She just wanted to yell, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to show you guys
0: some grace, but I'm also going to ream you right now at this register.
1: Yeah. So I was, I was even more, I was even, I was really angry at this point. Wow. So, and, and the, and the, the Chick fil A employee, she was like, Once she left, she was like, I could tell, obviously she was really upset. And then someone else comes up to start ordering. um, And, you know, she jumps right back into very nice Chick-fil-A. Customer service mode. Yeah. But I could tell she was very upset. So this next person orders and they just, they leave. Um, So then it was just me and her there. And I'm like, and Claudia knows my type of personality. Like I, I don't just like go up to people and do and start any kind of (laughs) conversations in general uh but i was so angry and this lady was so nice this chick-fil-a employee that i was like i have to say something to her because because this situation is insane so i hadn't got my food yet i was still waiting but i just walked up to her and i was like hey i have no idea what just happened with this lady that just came in and just like yelled at you but i'm like it's crazy what she did and I'm like, and you gave her so many options. You did nothing wrong. This person, I don't know. And I and I and I, then I just said to her, I was like, I'm sorry. And then I told her, I was like, you're doing great today. I said everyone in the back's doing great. Um, and I'm hoping your, I'm hoping your day will get better <laughs> after this. Right. And she was very appreciative. And then I I got my food like right after that, and then uh, left. And I was like, you know. have a good day hopefully hopefully it gets better and then that was it but so yeah I just I I was so mad that I felt I felt the need I'm like I have to say something to this lady because she did nothing wrong like I said they have to be super nice as Chick-fil-a employees but she was I could tell she was a very nice lady anyway right and I'm like I I'm like this is gonna ruin her day I'm like I need to try to make cheer her up at least a little bit and just tell her because they were doing really well. And again, after I got my food, I didn't check my food and I didn't eat it till I got home, but it was amazing. Yeah. Nothing was wrong with it. Right. And I'm like, I didn't see this lady that came in's food, but I bet it wasn't even burnt. I have no idea. This probably was nothing wrong.
0: I'm sure the fact that the Chick-fil-A employee was being like killing her with kindness was just making her more upset, which is just more of a reflection mm, of how, much of a miserable cow this woman is coming up to the counter yeah and yes i'm saying miserable cow because that's obviously what she is when you have to understand when you're working with the public and people come up and they start just reaming you out um for something that probably wasn't even your fault like that woman probably didn't make her sandwich like that you know no. And you respond with like great customer service. Um, and, and it just if you're being kind, it's making the person even more upset and taking them to the next level, it's just a reflection of how miserable that person is in their day-to-day life. She's probably miserable. She's probably bored. She probably hates herself. And that's why she's coming up and making it everybody's problem. People like that, it's its so true. Misery loves company. Mm-hmm. And when people are miserable with themselves, they make it everybody's problem. And you just have to, at the end of the day, understand that, whatever problems they're going through has nothing to do with you and brush it off and you just keep going. Kill them with kindness, as hard as that is. Yeah. uh, And, you know, just keep on moving.
1: Again, the thing that really just pushed me over the edge is that she said grace. She
0: was giving her grace, but obviously not not at all.
1: all. (laughs) And I'm like, so I, I have no idea. If this woman was religious or not, but it seemed like the way she worded things and like, okay, maybe this woman is, but this is not, if you are religious, whether you're Christian or some other religion, this is not the way you go about situations.
0: I'll tell you what, there are a lot of church women that treat staff like garbage and I'm sorry, church community, I'm calling y'all out. Yeah. Some of you really need to, as John Chris says, check your heart because the way some of y'all act towards like yes. people just doing their jobs is no bueno. I understand if something is wrong with your meal, going up and just politely saying, "Hey, um, just wanted to let you know that this is a little, it's a little burnt." You know, mm-hmm. would you mind if? I got another meal or something, but this woman couldn't be, she couldn't be satisfied. Like she gave her all the options in the world and was like, no. So that just shows you, she was just going up to complain oh, and, and
1: be rude. And if this happened to me, because I think I've even said on this pod before, like I'm overly nice to anyone that is, I'm, I'm overly nice when I'm like, out like ordering something or whatever but especially people that are making your food i
0: know i mean come on people
1: yeah and so if this if this happened to my food for one if it actually was burnt i think i probably would have just eaten it anyway not said anything (laughs) but if it was like really that bad yeah i would have gone up there and been like i don't know it it probably almost would have been comical because i probably i probably would have gone up and been like and said sorry like a million times and like yeah be like because I would hate even going up and saying this because anytime, like if they get food wrong for me, I hate bothering people with that kind of thing, but I know it's necessary if they really did mess up again though, this whole situation, I don't even think it was handled poorly. No, I don't think her, I don't think her food was burnt or anything wrong with it. Yeah. But
0: no, I think that woman had deeper rooted problems. It sounds like
1: also, uh, I appreciate you, uh, brought up John Christ. Shout out to him and his podcast is, so good yeah net yeah. positive mm-hmm. that dude
0: he's hilarious it's
1: hilarious especially on that pod i don't really watch the stand up much but on that pod specifically the guys hilarious mm-hmm. okay
0: now i yeah. will tell you things like this happen to jared when i'm not there i have to say and i feel like god does that deliberately to spare jared because if we were waiting on food and a woman was being rude to somebody at Chick-fil-A just for the sake of being rude, I probably would have intervened and been like, hey, uh, you need to relax because, you know, especially yeah. when I think what would have tipped me over, what her was her saying? I'm going to give you guys grace because yeah. you're new. That would have sent me over the edge yeah. because she's quite obviously not. Yes. And obviously doesn't know the definition of grace. That's ridiculous. But yeah, for some reason this stuff always happens to Jared when he's out by himself and I'm not there.
1: <laughs> that is true, yeah. Well, yeah, that is the difference. Like I waited till she left and then said something yeah. to this lady you would have like stopped in the middle and I would have gone involved. up to
0: this this lady while she's at the register and been like yeah. you're doing an amazing job, by the way. Everybody here's doing great and
1: See, that would have been better, but I I'm I, like in the middle of that situation. Yeah. I don't think I could have done that while this yeah lady is going off. Well
0: you're non confrontational.
1: Yeah. True. And I am. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. So that that is the difference. That's the difference. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm still glad that you went up and kind of consoled her though, because Yeah. It's hard, man. It's it is. it is hard out here. It's hard enough not having people be rude to you. Yeah. And yeah I was I was very happy to hear that you went up and told her she's doing a good job that's very nice of you
1: and I think I think I remember her even is the second that this uh miserable lady left I think the the Chick-fil-a employee even was like she like looked up and she was like she was like Lord please help me Jesus uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like uh, I amen yeah. like, hey, been there it was great <laughs> <laughs> serenity now <laughs> serenity now yeah all right this is a long this is a long good story good story yeah. though
0: I'm glad we I could
1: had to, highlight I, that. Yeah, I had to. I had to share that because that again, I don't. When I go out, I'm like very to myself. So
0: yeah, yeah.
1: these kind of things don't happen that much to me.
0: I'm glad you shared. Yeah. All right. Should we get into it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a long one because <laughs> we're we're already a, a little ways in and uh, we're just getting started with the movie, but that's okay. This movie deserves to be talked about a lot.
0: <clears throat> this is such. And I'm just going to get straight into it and what I think about this movie because... Okay,
1: hold on. Man on Fire came out in 2004, directed by Tony Scott. I'm going to talk about Tony Scott, an amazing director that is pretty high up there. And composer, Harry Gregson Williams, another huge composer, which when I looked up who did this, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I'm very familiar with this guy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. what do you think of this movie?
0: This is such... An incredible film and the writing is excellent the cinematography is so unique um the way it's shot and in, in certain like high um, intensity scenes the way that like there's a, a filming style where he kind of replays it's almost like a it feels like art it really does like the way that this is shot because the scenes will play like Denzel will be getting into his car right and then that scene will flash like with like a filter and it'll look like he's getting in his car like three times before he actually gets into it. And it's so cool to see and how like the camera will pan in and pan out really fast in scenes where Denzel's having those high emotion situations. Um, it's very well done. Um, and the lines are incredible and, um, from this movie and this the story as a whole is great. Um, I, cu- I don't think you could have casted better for this movie. Everyone in this movie was who they were supposed to play. I don't think there's any substitute that could have done it as well. Especially like Christopher Walken's character. Oh, for sure. Obviously, Denzel Washington is a heavy hitter. Anyway, um, Dakota Fanning, I can't say enough mm-hmm. about... Just as a child actor, I, I she gives Denzel a run for his money acting wise in yes. this movie. She is excellent. It's just so well done. It really is from start to finish. And it's one of those movies. Like it's two and a half hours. Does not feel like two and a half hours at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I agree.
0: There's no boring parts. Everything in the storyline was necessary um, for the um, for the storyline. And it's yeah. It, I mean, five stars. This movie is so good. And the last... I've seen this movie a lot, actually, because I used to watch this movie with my mom a lot. Um,
1: Yeah, I was wondering how many times you've seen
0: this. Probably this is my fifth time seeing it. (laughs) um, But probably the last time I saw it, I was in high school. So in my adult life, I haven't seen this movie. So there's like a new appreciation for it, definitely. Um, But yeah, I just it's even better the fifth time. Like I I can't say enough how much I love this film.
1: Yeah. I agree with you in pretty much everything you just said. Uh, It's yeah, this movie is amazing and I, man, okay. I don't even know where to start because there's a lot of things I want to say about it. The first thing is the director, because I did not realize until we were watching it this time that Tony Scott and I'll talk about him in a little bit because he's an amazing director that we're going to have to do some of his other movies. And when I read off what else he's done, you're going to understand, because I, I believe you've seen some of his other movies. Okay? Okay. I, 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 I couldn't wait for us to do our first Denzel movie. We've waited this long. This is the first Denzel movie we've done on the pod. Is this? Yeah.
0: Really? Yep.
1: Because I was trying to decide which Denzel movie to start with because there's so many good ones. Mm, Yeah. And also he's for sure of all time, like in my top five favorite actors.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't decide where to start, but this is pretty high up there as like one of his best movies. And this is what I was excited to talk to you about. Uh, Watching this movie this time with you. I don't think I've ever seen this movie the whole way through.
0: Really? Until now. Holy cow. Okay.
1: Because I, I I didn't remember like the, basically the way it started and ended. And then of course a lot of scenes in the middle too, but there was like a few things uh, more like the iconic shots and stuff like that or iconic scenes were the ones that I'm like, Oh, I've seen this before. So I don't know if I just like watch clips of it. I'm not sure because I thought I've seen this movie. And then when we're going through it, I'm like, all right, maybe I have not because there was, especially the ending, like I had no idea how it was going to end. Yeah. Which is crazy. This is, so I like, I guess this is my first time seeing it or at least the whole way through it is. So yeah, like you said, the, the cast is amazing. The cinematography, a very unique style of not only the way he shoots the scenes, but the editing is a huge thing too. The the music, which I'm going to get into in a little bit, is so good in this. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any. I don't think there's really anything that like brings this movie down. I'm trying to nitpick and see if there's like man like some kind of things that even feel dated. And this is so. This is my main point. What I wrote down about it is so. This movie now is almost 20 years old. Well, also I wanted to say just because I mentioned the editing, but also the pacing too, which is what you were talking about. Like it's two and a half hours and it doesn't feel like it. So that's, we talked about this with other movies. That's how you know it's a very well paced right. and edited movie. Mm-hmm. But the main thing I wanted to say about it is, uh, this movie is almost 20 years old and it still feels modern. Like the way- oh, watching for sure. it, I was like, this still looks really good. And actually like it came out recently. I
0: was going to say that movie could have come out today yeah. and it would have been- out of control
1: yeah obviously besides like you kept talking about like the obvious early 2000s sunglasses and mm-hmm. stuff like right. that right yes but besides that like just the way it was filmed it's yeah it looks it looks like a modern movie but we're going to almost 20 years yeah I got a lot of other stuff to say about it that we'll we'll get into as we go do you have anything else to say just like briefly up top before we get into because I'm going to talk about the director and composer nope. a little bit nope
0: I said what I need to say
1: I said what I need to say <laughs> here. Can you vamp for a second? Because I need a little bit more coffee and then I'll be good.
0: Okay. I will try my best. <laughs> um, there's obviously some very difficult scenes in this movie to watch Um and scenes, several scenes that bring tears to your eyes throughout the movie. I am not somebody who cries during movies, but I shed tears a couple times watching this just because of the, the raw emotion that's portrayed by these actors. And then just the fact that these are real-life things that happen, especially in Mexico City, Um in the beginning of the movie, there's a quote that says there's a kidnapping every 60 minutes in Latin America and 70% of the victims do not survive. And I 100% believe that it's probably even worse now. This was just at the time, 20 years ago. Um, and the corruption that happens in Mexico, especially um with the cartel and then trafficking and but the point of this movie is that they kidnap bigwig's children to get money and that's their um that's their gig right yeah um and you know everybody in this movie just talks about how hey it's just business i'm a professional this is what i do family means everything it's just so contradictory like if these people actually gave a crap about family they wouldn't be taking children from their families and and hurting them and and you know possibly killing them because obviously more often than not these kids die in these circumstances yeah um and it's it's just so hard to watch and i'm not even a parent but my goodness like it's just uh it's sad um but it's you know it's great as the movie kind of develops because you know everybody gets theirs in the end in this movie and i love a movie that that shows that oh, yeah so, definitely um yeah i just man so well done
1: you uh you said you did tear up in this movie i did okay because, yeah, yeah, like you were saying, you don't really do that that much. I
0: don't. I'm not a crier.
1: I would say I, I, I did, too. At, it was the very end.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I had yeah. tears running down my cheeks at the end, for sure. There was another scene, and I'm trying to remember which scene it was, where I was getting emotional. Oh, it was um, when um, Dakota Fanning's character, her name's Peta, um she wins her swimming race and she gets out and she like screams like Creasy, I won. And like she jumps Mm -hmm. in his arms and he's, you know, uh, visibly emotional. Um, it, it, hit hard for me because obviously Denzel characters, um, character, John Creasy, he, is just how Dakota Fanning describes him in this movie. He's a sad teddy bear
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he is, you can tell the man walks around with just tremendous pain every single day. And, um, you know, the fact that he's, he's finding himself again, being PETA's bodyguard is, is so beautiful in those moments where his character development is, um, really showing just moved me a lot. Yeah. So, Yeah.
1: I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about the, uh, director and the composer a little bit. Um, actually again, this is, well, we could, cause we kind of jumped into it right away at the top. I should have mentioned also just the named off the cast real quick. Uh, Denzel Washington, Christopher Walken, Dakota Fanning, Rada Mitchell, not really familiar with her. She was the, the mom. I've uh, seen her a couple things. Have you? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't really familiar with her. Uh, and then honestly, really the only person is Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I would say it's probably the only other person that.
0: This is like the most clean cut Mickey Rourke movie. Cause he's normally raggedy yeah, looking yeah. like is true. rugged. I guess I should, what I should say, not raggedy. <laughs> he's rugged yeah. looking and everything else.
1: Yeah. So Tony Scott. Um, so I was like, I was mentioning, so this, this director is a big deal. First of all, this is something I actually did not know till recently. This is Ridley Scott's brother. Oh, yeah. Wow. Which, I mean, I don't need to name off everything Ridley Scott has done. Right. He's one of my favorite directors. I mean, just the fact that he gave us Blade Runner and Prometheus. But yeah, so this is his brother. Now we talk about Ridley Scott has done so many movies. Like he, and he's still like, even now, I think he's he's doing like at least two this year is crazy, uh, he's he's pumping them out. Tony Scott didn't do as many movies, but still very good. And he should very, have. I agree, and a very unique style, like we talked about. Like very. he's he's part of the reason why, or a big reason why you see all, all those quick jumps and edits, mm-hmm. and like the speed ups, slow downs. Yeah, which I love all that stuff, or like the I remember mean, there's a term for it, where like well it's kind of looks like it's like very like you like. Up the contrast a ton, oh yeah, or like, uh, or change the saturation a lot. You know those kind of things, uh, which I thought was so cool, by the way, in this movie. But all right, so going through Tony Scott's filmography, uh, one of his first movies I have not seen, but I would like to see, is The Hunger uh, from the from nineteen eighty three. I have to put that on our list, actually. Uh, then he did Top Gun. He also did the music video for Danger Zone. (laughs) Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Oh, he did a George Michael music video too. That's cool. Uh, Days of Thunder. Uh, This next one, True Romance. Do you remember this movie?
0: I don't think so.
1: It's, some people would say it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, but it's not technically because he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. And Quentin Tarantino and Tony Scott are pretty close. Uh they've been homies for a long time. Uh True Romance is awesome. I think you might have seen it. It's Christian Slater?
0: Oh, okay. Probably because my mom's a big Christian Slater okay. fan and I'm pretty sure she made me watch like most of his movies. I think movies. Uh,
1: I want to say is it Patricia Arquette? Is the other is the Yes. Also that that movie, yeah. We'll have to do that one too, for sure. All right, but then he does he ends up doing, I, I believe, like three or four movies with Denzel. Okay? So Crimson Tide is the first one he did with Denzel. But then naming off some other other ones. Enemy of the State, The Fan, uh, Spy Game. Uh, oh, yeah. And then Deja Vu, another Denzel movie, which is good. Then The Taking of Pelham One Two Three is another Denzel movie. There's, that's one I actually haven't seen that I would like to see. And then... He went out with a bang, though. His final movie, Claudia, Unstoppable.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I know.
1: (laughs) And you can tell now watching this and then seeing the style of that one, too. Very similar. He
0: definitely has his fingerprint in his movies,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. his style. Like, there's a... What's that line from Blade Runner? There's a bit of every artist in their work. yes he definitely makes that apparent in in the films he's directed. Yes yeah. style
1: absolutely. Oh. yeah so Tony Scott a legend he didn't do anything after that was 2010 Unstoppable. That was his last movie.
0: Really gosh time isn't real I know <laughs>
1: uh, well I believe let me let me Google this real quick. Uh, I believe tony scott died shortly after that yeah this is actually sad uh he in 2012 silly two years after yeah yeah i think it was 2012 yeah 2012 he oh yeah he in 2012 he jumps off the la bridge and kills himself (gasps)
0: yeah oh goodness
1: i don't know how old was he uh not sure he looked... Actually, I don't know, though, because Ridley Scott's pretty old now, too, so I'm not sure. What's his name? Tony Scott. Oh, he's 68. Geez. So, that's horrible. I don't know what was going on. Okay, so he was definitely younger then, because I want to say... Well, I don't know. Ridley Scott's pretty old. But anyway, but yeah, so that aside, though, it's a uh, great director, and... We got some movies from him, but I wish he would have done more. I don't know what was going on with him. Yeah. Man, we're already going long, but we're going to keep rocking because this movie deserves it. And speaking of uh, something that deserves to be talked about a lot is the score and the music in this.
0: Oh, yeah. Definitely.
1: And so Harry Gregson Williams is another name I actually already knew. As soon as I looked at him, I'm like, okay. He's done a lot, but he is another one like i've mentioned in other pods where he has he has a unique style that you can tell it's him this one i couldn't as much because i didn't know until looking up afterwards uh so this one's a little bit different than what i guess he's done with other stuff let me just uh i'm gonna go through not everything because he's done a lot <laughs> there you go he did the movie ants awesome <laughs> going on good starting out strong with for claudia I knew that was a movie. You Fabulous. Were like, Here you go. Another one very important to you, Shrek.
0: Oh, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, no, but so what's most important to me that this guy has done is the Metal Gear Solid video games.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's very he did, cool.
1: He did not do the first Metal Gear Solid, but he did two, three, and four, which are some of the best. Duke... Yeah, and I mean the music in that in those games are so good. So that's the biggest thing with him, uh, for me is is those. Uh man, yeah, he did Shrek too also. (laughs) He was he was uh, he was um he was committed to scoring the Shrek movies.
0: As he should be. He did it so well the first one. He had to come back for another. Oh, he did the third one too. Wow.
1: And Shrek the Halls. Uh, Yeah, he did some other movies with uh, Tony Scott as well, which is cool. I'm just going to shout out a couple more. X-Men Origins Wolverine. I had not seen this movie in a while, and then I watched it recently. There is some bad stuff in it. But there's some stuff that was actually pretty sick in that movie. I'll give it to you. Yeah. But overall, I know a lot of people destroy that movie because it's not great. But there is some cool stuff in it. So he he also... Oh, Shrek Forever After. There you go. He's just every Shrek. He came back. Yeah. He wanted more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He also scored Unstoppable. So he did a couple movies with Tony Scott. Very cool. Uh, The Town. Great movie that you and I just watched recently Mm because you hadn't seen. Yep. Uh, Oh, this is one for you. Cowboys and Aliens.
0: Oh, Daniel Craig.
1: Yeah. You like that movie, don't you? I do. I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh. He did The Equalizer also. That's sick. And he did Black Hat. Uh, I believe that's it. Oh, no. He did Equalizer 2 and 3. Cool. All right. Oh, dude. Okay. All right. So I was wondering about this. He did a lot for Ridley Scott, too, because Ridley Scott uh, directed recently The Last Duel in House of Gucci. We've seen both of those Mm -hmm. movies. Yep. Harry Gregson Williams scored both of those movies. So do this man doing great work. (laughs) His most recent credit from this year, chicken run dawn of the nugget. What? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't
0: even know there was another chicken run movie. I
1: didn't either. It says 2023.
0: What? I got to see it. Dawn
1: of the nugget. Listen, I love chicken (laughs) run. Uh, okay. Okay. We're going to get more into it now because I know we're running long already. But anyway, I just... This score goes so hard. So what Harry Gregson Williams does so well in general that I love is he mixes classical score style, like strings, orchestra Mm -hmm. style uh, scores. And he mixes it with a lot of industrial genre elements. Trying to think how else to describe it. I mean, really, that is what it is it's industrial because that's actually that was a genre music not as i would say not as big anymore so think kind of more electronic elements but not it's a very specific i don't know it's hard to explain very specific style of instruments and stuff but he does that in this score it's so cool so he's mixing both of those things really well so all right we can finally nope not in the notes yet i was gonna say we can go to notes but we have a couple more questions already to to do too (laughs) okay uh 'Cause we already we already talked about what we thought of this movie. All right. Well, we kinda already mentioned this, but I'll ask anyway, does this movie hold up?
0: Yeah, I think we touched on that. It yeah, absolutely very does. much
1: so. Uh best scene.
0: Um my most memorable scene even back when I first watched this movie, was the scene where he um takes that guy that um, helped in the kidnapping of PETA um, up in his car, duct tapes his hands to the steering wheel and starts cutting his fingers off until he gets the information he needs and burning it with a cigarette lighter. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's when you know this guy means business and that, you know- he's here to get stuff done and you just you it's hard to watch because it looks so painful but also you're like yes you know do it because these are evil men out here and they deserve it right um it's just so good just everything after denzel gets out of the hospital from his gunshot wounds Mm -hmm. you're like all right let's go let's get this done
1: yeah i was gonna say i i have i have my main one for this best scene is like really basically the whole last hour of the movie. Right. <laughs> it's absolutely like, it's crazy, the like the pace of it after that. But I'm just gonna shout out two more scenes. Obviously, the bomb shoved up his butt is oh, like dude. One of the most iconic scenes. Yup. Uh so good. The way he counts down too with it is just I know. Denzel's just going mm-hmm. off. He's just being Denzel. hmm Which like thinking about that, especially like a scene like that, you think could any other actor do that? No, not, not as well as he does. Right. Uh, my other one is now it's, it's a rough scene to watch, but when PETA gets kidnapped,
0: Oh man, that's, it's just
1: done so well. That and is it's a like,
0: hard scene. It's
1: perfectly uh, ramps up the tension, not only with like the shots, but like the mm-hmm. editing, um,
0: the slow-mo parts yep. where Denzel's coming to the realization mm-hmm. that the cops are in on it and, you know yeah it's it's hard it is a hard scene
1: actually I'm thinking about now one more scene is when she makes him smile for the first time yeah and he's like he's like no nah, I didn't smile
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know yeah that was, that was a yeah. really good scene
0: I like any any of the interaction they are with, so good together with K- uh, Creasy and Peta yes. are, are just the sweetest scenes and yeah. and she really breaks him out of his shell well, it's it's so cute, and to I watch. think
1: there's probably it's probably going to be stuff about this in the IMDb IMDb trivia. But I think even Denzel was like, because again, like one of the best actors ever. Like I think he was so impressed when they were filming how amazing this child actor is. Absolutely, which she is.
0: We're all. I mean, we're all in in awe of how well. Yes. She, it's, it's like effortless for her mm-hmm. acting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And like you were saying, people like going head to head with Denzel in a scene and she does that, which is crazy. Oh, she,
0: meets, she ma- uh, matches him. Yes. Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, this segues perfectly into best performance.
0: Mm, yeah. It's hard. It is. And I, I wrote at the top of my page um, that it's hard to beat Denzel, but Dakota holds her own and it's uh it's difficult to pick which one I loved watching more because I enjoy I think I enjoyed both of them equally in their in their scenes. I just find it a little more impressive that at her age she is you know able to act at the same level these big names can um, it truly is a gift, like she has a gift for yeah. that, definitely,
1: yeah, I agree, yeah, I couldn't decide. Um, I put all three, I put Denzel, Dakota Fanning and Christopher Walken because I just,
0: Oh, he's, I mean,
1: Christopher Walken's amazing. He's
0: the best. He's the bomb.
1: And he's just, but what I like about this one, he, he doesn't go full Christopher Walken. No. Like in a little bit, he does in some scenes, Sure. but overall he's, he's kind of like tame Christopher Walken in this. Yeah. But he's still just, yeah, he's one of the best also. And I'm very happy. Just a side note that he's still acting. Me too. Because he was amazing in Severance, which I believe is the newest thing that I've mm-hmm. seen him in.
0: Yes, I believe you're right. Um,
1: but overall though, if I had to pick in probably any Denzel movie we do, he's gonna be best performance. Yeah. So yeah.
0: It's hard to beat him.
1: It, it really is. Uh, and then what did you draw on your notes?
0: Uh, I drew fire and I drew a bear.
1: <laughs> a bear a bear oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the teddy bear yeah mm-hmm. okay all right now you can get into notes do you have a lot what, what are...
0: no i only have like not even a page of notes
1: okay i have a decent amount okay so you i guess yeah, i'll start first then uh if this is just the very first scene i wanted to specifically shout out the editing in the opening shot of the movie it's just so well done yeah This movie, I mean, we'll talk about especially the ending, but this movie opens and ends so well. Go ahead with your first one.
0: Um, The scene where we kind of meet and understand the friendship that Christopher Walken and Denzel have. So Christopher Walken's character's name is Ray, Rayburn. Um, And Denzel is obviously John Creasy. And uh, they're at a, like, it looks like uh, Ray is having a barbecue at his house, right? Oh, yeah, I've
1: note about this too. And
0: Creasy <laughs> is there and they're talking or whatever. Ray looks at his, his Hispanic wife and goes, obey me, I will love you, right? And then Creasy goes, is that how it works? And I'm just here to inform you that no, that's not how it works, especially no. when you have a Latina wife. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that goes into my note. Ray Burn just out here living the dream in Mexico. Yeah, he is. He's got his, which I'll just put as another note too. I love his fit. He's he's got the I can't I can't guayabera. Is that yeah? It?
0: Okay, that was good guayabera. Right. I'm
1: trying to I'm trying to. It's hard. It's a hard word to say, but yeah, yeah he's guayabera. got
0: that. Yeah,
1: Yeah, he's got that shirt on, and he's just grilling.
0: He can wear it too. Yeah, he looks like he was made to wear a guayabera.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep and got the latina wife yeah living the dream uh
0: is it worth it
1: (laughs) oh yeah it's worth it (laughs) if you're strong
0: enough (laughs) uh good times
1: uh all right my next one by the way if anyone doesn't know that reference on tiktok it's uh the scene in men in black
0: when will smith asks um Tommy Lee Jones, Mm -hmm. if being in the men in black is work worth it. And he goes, Oh yeah, it's worth it as he's walking away. And then he goes, if you're strong enough.
1: And the, the text is, what is it? Uh, when someone asks about marrying a Latina or or something something (laughs) like that. Yeah, it's great. All right. Yeah. My next one, Creasy and Peta's dialogue back and forth. I just wanted to, which we kind of already touched on is just so great. Like all their interaction. They just do so well together. And I put, you immediately see the connection and bond they have. Like even oh, at the yeah. beginning. They're And brothers. obviously by the end, it's like, it basically moves you to tears. But even at the beginning, like you can tell the way, because he's very like, he doesn't even want to answer or respond to her.
0: Oh, you're talking about PETA. I thought you were talking about Ray.
1: No, 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 This time I'm talking about Creasy oh, okay. and PETA. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can, you can tell immediately their connection and bond. Yeah,
0: yeah. Definitely, and
1: obviously, it just grows immensely. Right, As movie she can see on.
0: through him and his tough demeanor.
1: Okay, what else you got?
0: Um, I mean, I had notes about how well Peta is in this movie, how well Dakota Fanning plays Peta, um, and just how difficult the kidnapping scene for Peta is t- just to watch, and and it feels like it's the longest scene ever because you you know what's about to happen and. And how horrible, you know, and helpless um, Creasy feels after getting shot and he's on the ground and and PETA's over him and, you know, yelling for him. I can't imagine the devastation he's probably feeling in that in that moment. And, um, you know, children are innocent and it's it's hard to it's hard to watch in a movie, but it's also hard to believe that this stuff actually happens and that they're truly, in Mexico. truly evil people yep. in the world um, that do this and obviously have that price where they're willing to put their morals aside and do something so awful. Um, and like these people, most of them have children of them of their own mm-hmm. Like, how can you be a part of something like this when you have kids of your own? It just blows my
1: mind. Well, and even, which we'll get to later, I mean, her dad.
0: Oh my gosh. It's
1: like, like, how could he do that? Puta. Yeah. My next one is uh, Creasy listening to Linda Ronstadt, which the song Blue Bayou is kind of a big thing throughout this whole movie, which I didn't realize. I thought it was just going to be like him, you know, he's checking out the CD yeah. at the beginning. Um, but I want to shout out to my Mimo cause Linda Ronstadt is one of her favorite singers.
0: Oh, very
1: cool. Yeah. She actually just got me, I think she found it when she was at the beach. She, she just got me a, uh, not sure which album, but one of her albums on vinyl. So
0: cool. Yeah. Um, this scene where there's, there's scenes when Crazy's like at the end of his day, of of taking care of Peta and being her bodyguard where you you see him wrestling with his demons in his room and he's drinking and he has the gun in his hand and and he actually works up the courage to actually pull the trigger on his own head um like he's going to kill himself and um the bullet misfires it doesn't doesn't go off yeah and he's in shock and he calls Ray and, and he's like, does it happen when, you know, a a gun, like if you pull it and, and it doesn't work, do nine millimeters do that? Normally he's like, it happens, you know, it's called a misfire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he says, you know, a bullet never lies though. That's what they say. And so Creasy, you know, has this bullet and he, he saves it cause it's the bullet that didn't go off when he tried to take his own life. And, And that comes into play later on in the movie. Mm, In a very good way. In a very good way, which we'll get into in a little bit.
1: A lot of, um, which is also just, uh, when it's done right, it's like such a great thing to do in movies is uh, foreshadowing. But not like overly, because it can be done to where it's like too much or too obvious. But the foreshadowing in this is done very well. Uh, This kind of, my next note kind of goes into that too. Just like the ex cop or ex CIA with a drinking problem is just always great in movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. it's a good, uh, and he's not, he's ex CIA, right? Not cop. Yeah. Uh, he's ex CIA. I okay. want to say. Yeah.
0: He was in the military too.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 But just cause it's, it, it happens a lot in movies, but I always just think it's a good, <laughs> Yeah. it's a good, good premise.
0: You should keep going. I only have like three notes left.
1: Oh, okay. Well, okay. All right. Actually, this is perfect too. This is still kind of the same scene. Uh, when Creasy is laying down, just chugging Jack Daniels. So, this is a music note. They mix Harry Gregson Williams, is mixing the score that he's writing for that part with Blue Bayou together. And it's perfectly mixed together. Uh, it's crazy how well it works and mm-hmm. it's like his score over that it's actually way more um, industrial genre style I would say over that section I think that's one I point out to you I was like this is such a sick cue like it's awesome in that scene and mixing something like that with like a very old song right that's hard to do and it's it's done so well in that scene
0: I really like how um, how often Claire de DeLune- is playing mm, in this yeah, movie. Yeah, that one too. Yeah, because that's, I mean, such a beautiful piece, and it is. And when he integrates it in the movie is in the best parts, like most definitely.
1: My next one is. <laughs> this is uh, this I think this is like probably my only thing. It's like, what are you doing with this? Which also, by the way, I want to point out, we could not get the subtitles working for this movie, so all the Spanish, which. I'm starting to pick up now, so I was I was picking up on some of it, but you were kind of informing me on, on what they're saying uh, in some of those scenes. Yeah, when they talk about, uh, <laughs> they say the brotherhood called. Oh, I haven't heard about this. La Hermandad. Ir-
0: yeah, she he goes. It's they're a part of a brotherhood, and it's it's. He, and Denzel's like it's a bro- a brotherhood. He's like a brotherhood called La Ermandad which is just the brotherhood in Spanish. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's a brotherhood called the brotherhood brotherhood. is essentially what he's saying. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm like, okay. I think we could come up with a better name than that. Right, yeah. Yeah, that was funny.
0: And the guy that gets the bomb shoved up his butt is, Mm. I'm the president of La Hermandad. Do you know who I am? You know? Yeah. And everybody keeps saying when he's interrogating those guys and torturing them and going down the the list of people that he needs to get even with, right? They're all saying, I'm a professional. I'm a professional. He's like, you know, everybody keeps saying that. I'm a professional. Mm -hmm. Like he gives a crap. Yeah. Like that's supposed to make it better or some, for some reason, you know, and it's, it's, uh, there's so many corrupt police officers too in this movie.
1: Well, that's the other thing is that, yeah, when there's scenes where he's like, hey, like I'm a cop. And it's like, that means absolutely nothing. No. Especially in this town. You can't trust anybody. No. Okay. I got four more notes. What do you have left?
0: Um the, the president of La Hermandad is also the head of, what is it called? He's like the AFI or something. I don't know. It, it was three letters, but he's okay. like the head of he heads up missing children's cases like to go to the family's houses and try and get the kids back but he's also the leader of La Hermandad, that is a part of that corrupt which is wild because when PETA gets kidnapped obviously um, the police like show up at their house and they start setting up camp in their home to try and do this um, negotiation right but these people are a part of it too and and they even have higher ups that are authorizing them to be in these houses and it's just the string of people that are a part of this organization that are supposed to be helping the families but are also helping themselves make money is it's so frightening yeah to see that like Mm -hmm. And, you know, it gets to a point where, like, the interrogation goes south when he's supposed to put $10 million and, and pass it. And the Lisa, the the mom, like, after it goes south, and he says, it's too late to get PETA back because you, you killed my nephew. And she just goes through the room and starts smacking everybody in the face and telling them to get out of her house. And she does really well in those scenes, too. she's
1: She does, but... I do have a note about her that uh is not great. Oh. But I'll get to that. Okay. But overall, no, she was she was good in this movie. Uh, actually let me just go to that now. Yeah. That is my next Yeah, note. go to that now. So Lisa Ramos, uh her accent goes in and out. It does. And I'm like, what? Her because, southern accent. Yeah, because it's only in the yeah, in the beginning and the end, it's normal. But then there's like I think it's a specific scene where she's like yelling at Creasy. Mm-hmm. It's like super Southern. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, is that her actual normal accent? And she's like, she just went back to that. I, I don't know. know if
0: they were maybe it, trying it to, because bad. she's American, make it an accent that is so American, like a little bit more dramatically American. Cause yeah, anytime you go to a different country and people that are foreign, try to imitate American accents, they immediately go to Southern accents. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, Just, if you want to do that, just have her do that in the whole movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It does go in and out. You're right. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, uh, it was, that was the one thing I'm like, this is very different. So that was, that was kind of bad. I'm surprised they, uh, kept that in. Mm. (laughs) Uh, also not in that scene, but there's a couple scenes that she's in with Creasy. Seems like, uh, she was into him. Yeah. I got that vibe. Yeah. I thought so too. We're at a point where I'm like. Is she gonna make a move on him? She doesn't. But no, she doesn't. Seems like she was. I'm going glad to. she didn't because that yeah, would have been too. weird. But
0: yeah. yeah, one of my favorite lines in this movie is when uh, Rayburn is talking to that detective, and oh yeah, he's like, exactly "What? what why does about. he?" And he's kind of like indirectly saying, "Why does crazy care this much to be going around and causing mayhem for this girl?" And Rayburn goes, "He taught her how to be human again." Mm-hmm. How to be himself, or she taught him how to be human again and be himself. And uh, he goes crazy's art is death, and he's about to paint his masterpiece. Yeah, and boy, does he.
1: Yep, he sure does.
0: I mean, flawlessly, yeah. he does.
1: Yeah, that was a good uh, little like uh, monologue. It by was Christopher Walken. It was yeah. Very good. I have I have a note about. So as I'm watching this movie, like the whole way through this movie, I'm thinking this this has a huge influence on john wick did you notice that really yes because and i just watched all four john wick movies again and so think about it we have a lot of guns we have a lot of dogs and we have a lot of and we have like dance clubs okay there's a lot of things like that that yeah and it seems like i would say even with some of the music too and like what he's the music that he's scoring over specific scenes very similar to John Wick so i imagine this is a this movie's a big influence on uh, chad Stelheski is the director of all four mm-hmm. john wick movies which shh, watching all four of those again some of my favorite movies john wick so good
0: yeah amazing
1: all right i have two more notes what do you have left
0: i only have a bullet never lies that that um let's get back into the scene oh, later yeah. on where that comes into play so crazy after interrogating a few people and killing everybody comes back to lisa and um peter's father which what's his name
1: peter's father yes he, samuel ramos okay he that comes, is mark anthony is the actor
0: yeah after yeah mark anthony <laughs> after coming back into that
1: are you familiar with him
0: Mark Anthony, yes.
1: Okay, the name sounds familiar, but I didn't. I couldn't. Yeah, Let he, me look him, him up.
0: and J Lo have kids together. What? Yes, they Are were you together serious? for yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow, I did not know that.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. Which is funny because he weighs like a hundred pounds soaking wet. How
1: did he get J Lo?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: The man, hey, good for him. Yeah. Good yeah. for him.
0: Okay, so. Back into the scene where, so Denzel finds out that um, Sam may have had a part in PETA's kidnapping, which is Peter's father. So he comes to the house and he walks in and he finds Sam on the couch, kind of next to his shrine of his, um, he believes in, uh, I forget what the deity's name is, but, um, he prays to this to her and um, he is like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on, Sam. Like he walks in, you tell me what's going on. And he gets his wife, Lisa. He's like, Lisa, come in here. And he's like, I want you to tell your wife what's going on. And he finally admits that to do, to, to make more, because his company's in the toilet. He's like in cars and j- Japanese vehicles is his business, right? And they're going down the toilet in funds. So the kidnapping was a way for him to make money and make other people money also. So this was kind of like a business transaction for him. Mm-hmm. He said he was only supposed to have her for two days. She was going to sit in front of the TV and eat ice cream all day. It, that was all it was going to be. And Lisa's just beside herself because her own husband was in on this, right? Right. And like how as a father
1: yeah how could you do that
0: what I don't care what kind of money I don't care if you're bankrupt like that's ridiculous so Lisa's just like you kill him or I will you kill him or I will she tells Crazy and she walks out of the room right so Crazy finally pulls out the bullet that misfired on him in the beginning of the Mm -hmm. movie and uh, he unloads the clip he puts the gun on the table and he leaves the bullet and he said um, a bullet never lies. Um, this one didn't work for me, but we'll see how it works for you. Right. Let's sets it on the table and Samuel obviously knows what he has to do. Cause I mean, how could you go on living with yourself?
1: Yeah. And his line, Creasy's line there is so good. He says something along the lines of like, you know what to do or like do the right thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't like, have to kill you. Yeah.
0: You can kill yourself. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, also in that scene, it's like, and he's trying to like, uh, what's his name? Samuel. He's trying to like explain the situation. And it's like, I have zero sympathy for this guy, you know? None. Yeah. He's pathetic. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and, uh, at this point in the movie, we think Pete is dead by the way. Right. Because the kidnapper that he speaks to over the phone all but confirms that It's too late. She's dead. I'm sorry. I can't help you. So everybody is under the impression. Creasy is going around killing everybody just because they deserve it. He has no idea. Pete is alive at this point,
1: which by the way, I, because like I said, I have not seen this whole movie through until now. And I still, the whole time, like there's no way she's actually dead. Like I I knew she would show up at the end, but it's still like, still doesn't take away from like when Creasy finally sees her again very impactful oh yeah yeah
0: oh yeah um so so yeah so obviously he takes the pistol he puts the bullet in and he, and you just you don't see it but you hear it in the house the bullets go off fires reverberates through the house and you realize wow a bullet truly never lies it wasn't the bullet it was just not crazy's time to go right so um so that scene happens And uh, Creasy goes on with the rest of his killing spree. Um, And then we get to the point where he finds the head honcho's brother Mm -hmm. and calls, uh, gets the phone number to the head honcho guy, calls him, lets him know that his brother's alive, but he's in pain because he blows his hand off over the phone and you hear him screaming that great. and that's when they make the deal okay I'll, I'll give you a life for a life Pete is alive he's like tell me give me proof that Pete is alive what's the name of her bear mm-hmm. and he hangs up the phone and then he gets a call back in a couple minutes saying she calls her bear crazy bear and then crazy gets the confirmation that Pete is still alive so this becomes a whole new mission for him right so he says I'll give you a life for a life because family's the most important thing to me this this freaking hypocrita says so he, um, you know, eventually gets the brother, meets them out, you know.
1: Which Creasy obviously agrees with, because at this point, uh, she's basically like a daughter to him. So, you know.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I'd argue to say she's the only person he loves in the world, maybe next mm, to Rayburn. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Um. So, and at this point, Creasy has been digging a hole if he doesn't die he's gonna rot in mexican prison for the rest of his life because
1: yeah he's not getting out of mexico he's
0: not getting out of mexico no he's not going to right so the deal is is extremely clear to him because the guy wants creasy and he wants his brother and that's when they make the trade off and and it's when you see Peta for the first time come out of the car um and that scene is so moving cuz she sees crazy and she just starts just hauling towards him and and you know he lets the the moms there Lisa she's holding the brother in the car until he she gets her daughter he's like don't you let him go until you have your daughter and uh so she lets the guy go the brother crosses the bridge crazy gets shot earlier so he's bleeding out at this point yeah and uh he walks over the bridge and, and Creasy gives himself up and his brother and, and the movie ends with him in the car. And I was so happy they ended it this way because, you know, the unspeakable things this guy would have probably done to Creasy right. in his possession. I'm happy that it shows Creasy passing away in the car. Like he's bleeding out mm-hmm. he lets go of his necklace and he, and he, he, dies in the car car ride. Yeah. Um, so that guy's never going to get the satisfaction of torturing Creasy because He's already dead. Um, and I was happy to see that.
1: Yeah, me but too.
0: And in, in the, you know, Creasy, so, uh, PETA is so happy to be with her mom, but she sees Creasy walking across the bridge and you can, she's just in complete, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She's distraught. Yeah. Because she knows what's going to happen and she probably won't see Creasy again. Um, it's, it's, man, this movie.
1: Yeah, I think it's the part <laughs> where they hug on the bridge.
0: They hug on the bridge, yeah. she I think gives. that was when gives I was back. started
1: tearing up. Yeah,
0: he gives her back her journal.
1: Oh, and they say they love each other too, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And she says, yeah. you love me too, right? And he said, yes, I do, you know. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I was crying like crazy. I was like, <laughs> I kept wiping my eyes. I was like, Jared better not see me over here crying. I'm lose my street cred.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like I cry more than you at, the movies. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The older I get though, the the worse I'm getting, but even so I, I never cry. I rarely cry. Well, yep.
1: Yeah. Same for me. So as you get older, yeah, you'll get more uh, emotional in that, in that way.
0: Got my heartstrings going. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, so that's one note I have about the ending is that I actually, this was, this was cool because I had no idea what the ending is. So I genuinely had no idea if Creasy was going to live or die. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you mentioned, it is good that he, um, now he still got shot by someone, but it's still, he's still, and I imagine he already knew that he was going to Yeah. die soon. Like that gunshot was going to kill him anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like it. How, like you mentioned, like he goes out on his own terms more than, this guy doing, yeah, all kinds of right. wh- horrible things to him, yeah.
0: And it's good because also um, the detective that's been working on this case finds the head honcho and kills him in his house.
1: Right. So yeah. we know he
0: dies anyway. Yeah. Um, which is it's great. It's one more one more corporation that thrives off the kidnapping of children is is done. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah. And my my last note has to do with that is just uh his name is jordan kalfas who is mickey rourke mm-hmm. didn't like him even from oh the no
0: as soon as i saw him i yeah. didn't like him yeah. i knew something was wrong with that guy
1: yeah i want my bird
0: <laughs> i want my bird. <laughs> slams his fist on the table uh, that is not my bird.
1: i actually i actually love mickey rourke in iron man too
0: oh he's great yeah. he's absolutely great
1: even with that accent, it's just, it's great. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it for me for notes.
0: Yep. Me too. Want to get into trivia? Mm-hmm. All right. So trivia comes from IMDb writer, Brian, is it Helgoland? Helgeland? first saw sure. the original man on fire in 1987 when he was renting videos in the late eighties, he walked into the video store where Quentin Tarantino was working and asked what was good. Tarantino recommended man on fire. What a legend. I know.
1: I do know that, yeah. Tarantino started out like in a...
0: A video store. Yeah,
1: video store. That's yeah. wild. Yeah.
0: Most of the scenes between Denzel Washington and Christopher Walken were completely improvised. That makes sense. They looked like they were just having friendly banter between the so two of good, them. So good, though. Yeah, it's it's excellent. It's yeah. so fitting. mm mm-hmm. uh, Denzel Washington was so impressed with Dakota Fanning's acting that he'd watch her and forget he was in the scene. I see that. Yeah. I can see that.
1: I, I, that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, I think he like he was just amazed
0: some scenes when they're together, he kind of sits back and gives her this like look of awe. And -hmm. I think we were all giving her that look because yeah, I mean, she did tremendous.
1: And again, like we talk about a lot with when they're child actors in movies, it's like they have to be very good or else like, especially this movie. Like if this actress wasn't that good, the movie would have fallen apart. Absolutely. Like she has to be, like an amazing actress. Yeah. For this to work,
0: the kitchen scene between Crazy and Peta, where where she asked him about concubines, was mostly ad libbed. It started when they accused each other of smiling.
1: Oh yeah, I could tell that whole scene where yeah that that definitely felt real. It felt natural, and like they were just laughing and like carrying on because right. yeah, yeah that that definitely seemed all like just like off the cuff.
0: Yeah. Denzel Washington was cast because of a trip to the doctor. He ran into director Tony Scott in the waiting room of a medical office. And the two started chatting. Scott had not seen Washington in person since they worked together on crimson tide in 1995. Scott happened to see Dakota Fanning in I am Sam 2001 the night before and seeing him made Scott think of using them together. What a beautiful mm-hmm. string of fate that brought those two together. That's very cool.
1: And you know, it's cool. I, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, the new Equalizer, Equalizer 3, Dakota Fanning's in it. So they finally reunited. Wow. Yeah, in a movie together. Mm
0: -hmm. That's awesome. Mickey Rourke and Denzel Washington did not get along during filming.
1: I feel like that's probably a thing. Mickey Rourke seems like the type of actor that like probably not many people get along with him or maybe he's one of those actors that are, that is difficult on Mm -hmm. set. I can see that.
0: Dakota Fanning was missing her front teeth during filming. The filmmakers debated whether they should add fake teeth on her and even made them for her. In the end, they decided not to use them. I think that makes it feel more real. She's obviously a child that's like in the age of losing oh, teeth. Oh yeah, so. it would be
1: horrible if she had fake teeth yeah, on in this. that would look dumb. Yes, good choice. Yeah.
0: The kidnappers' first names, Daniel and his brother Aurelio, are the actual first names of real-life Mexico City kidnappers in the late 90s. Daniel and Aurelio... Mendy Lopez, the infamous ear loppers. So that must be why they, they did a lot of that like ear cutting in mm-hmm. the movie. There was a couple of scenes where it shows they, they cut off ears. Rada Mitchell had three bodyguards protecting her when she was in Mexico for filming. She said they were hired after her driver was carjacked at gunpoint in Mexico City. Dude, Mexico City.
1: Yeah, I imagine <laughs> they probably had difficulty shooting there like some sketchy stuff probably. Absolutely. Was happening around it.
0: at the end of the movie where it says a big thanks to Mexico City a very special place (laughs) yeah I'll say
1: (laughs) very yeah I'll say it's one way to that's one way to say it it. yeah
0: Mexico City Police Chief Marcelo Ebrard, Ebrard helped with the movie and hoped it would shine a light on the kidnapping issue oh absolutely it did absolutely it did
1: yeah unfortunately it's still a huge problem even Today,
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure even more so of a problem.
1: Mm, Yeah, probably.
0: Denzel Washington spent 10 days with advanced weapons training specialists to prepare for this role. That's cool.
1: I wonder also if he... uh, Because, well, I guess you could speak to this more than I could. Uh, His Spanish... How is his Spanish? Like, I wonder if he... It seemed pretty good, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, it was good. Uh, Dakota Fanning, I was very impressed with her Spanish because yeah. she was able to roll her R's very well. Mm-hmm. So her pronunciation was great. Uh, Rada Mitchell was intimidated when she first met Dakota Fanning. Quote, I want to meet her when she's 25. I think she's going to knock everybody out.
1: Yeah. I That's mean, funny. Yeah. She's still a great actor.
0: She is. Denzel Washington kept a low profile in Mexico. He was surrounded by bodyguards at all times. You'd have to be.
1: Yes, you would definitely. Everyone, have to has be. To be, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Denzel Washington complained of feeling bored with acting before taking on the role of Crazy. To so this kind of, I guess, ignited the fire back into him.
1: Okay, well that would make sense because I'm thinking. <clears throat> so Training Day was like a few years before this, mm-hmm. and I believe he won for that movie. Yeah. So maybe at that point he was just like, Plateauing. "All right, I did it." Yeah. And maybe just in a slump a little bit. But it seemed like, which is kind of cool if this is true, I don't know, but like someone as, you know, a child, Dakota Fanning, maybe reignited his love for acting because he was so impressed with her. You know, that's so cool to think. I don't know if that's the case, but maybe that helped him, uh, I don't know, rediscover his love for acting.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Dakota Fanning wrote everything in that diary herself. I was wondering about that because her ha- the handwriting was yeah. so good. Yeah. I was like, she probably didn't write this. It was probably somebody else, but no, she did. She had very good handwriting at her age. And uh, finally, in an interview with the Sunday Times, Tony Scott revealed that he offered the role of crazy to Russell Crowe, who turned it down. Scott said, I called Crowe while he was on the set of Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, 2003. And I said, so, Man on Fire? He said, listen, pal, have you seen Proof of Life? I said, yes. He said, I've been there, done that. (laughs) <laughs> gosh I have
1: not seen Proof of Life but um very glad that Russell Crowe
0: I'm very glad he didn't. did not do yeah. this thank you for doing that for the people Russell Crowe yeah, yeah you couldn't have done it sorry yeah,
1: I'm not hating on him he he is he is good in in some movies but he couldn't have done it no, like Denzel definitely not
0: not even close all right that's it for <laughs> trivia
1: that's it all right all right, yeah, we're we're running a little long, but uh, I think that's it then. Um, let me, I didn't mention up top, so let me uh, plug our other podcast too. Oh, also for Film Banter, if you want to email us, filmbanterpod at com. Email us about anything, this movie, another movie, um, or just let us know how we're doing. Just keep sharing it with everyone. It's awesome seeing like a uh, pretty... Decent amount of people listen to this now, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. We're very excited about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're getting more. I think I mentioned this last pod. We're getting more, mm-hmm. more countries, more uh, different places around the world. Listening. That have listened, which is awesome. That is awesome. I would also like to know if, if anyone like anywhere else in the world, I'd be very interested to see how they like just stumbled across this podcast. So email us. Let yeah, us know. Let us know. How'd you find, how you've found this. Mm-hmm yeah
0: this uh this is a great movie i mean, if yes it is if you all i know some of you listen because you're not very adventurous with your movies and and um you kind of listen to get into that this is a great movie to watch if you're trying to get into film more and watching mm-hmm. movies everybody should see this movie yeah
1: and even genuinely af- even after listening to this whole pod and you know what happens you should still watch it. Anyway. You're
0: you're going to I guarantee you are going to watch it and it's going to feel like you watched it first time for the first time and didn't know what was going to happen cuz it's it is just so well done. We yeah, can't it is. we can't properly articulate how good of a movie this is just on this podcast alone. You have to experience it for yourself. So I definitely encourage you guys to watch this one. It's it's great.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Shout out to everyone involved with this movie and Tony Scott, very good director. Great cast. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, Great cast, obviously, in this too. Um, Our other pod, Screen Time, that's two words. We do that weekly as well. We do, um, it's one feed. We do both a a TV episode and a film episode. And we are now doing, so we just went through all of uh, Denny Villeneuve's movies. Uh, we are now doing Edgar Wright. Um, so that actually won't take too long. He didn't have that many movies. So we're doing that for the film side. And on the TV side, we're doing the live action One Piece, which is awesome. Um, so check that out if you uh, want to hear any of that. Uh, like I mentioned uh, pretty often, if you like this format, if you're really more into like the way we talk about movies in film banter, Check out at least the movies on Screen Time cuz we we do a very similar uh my brother Josh is the host on that one though but it's just him, Claudia and I. Um and, and you
0: can watch that one on YouTube also. Yes. It's it's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. We have a good time.
1: Mhm. Yep, those are yeah, those are on video. Yeah. I think that's it.
0: I think that's it.
1: Claudia is going to go shopping today.
0: Yes. Sir. <laughs> what I do best.
1: And I'm not allowed to go shopping with her anymore because (laughs) I just tell her not to buy things, which is fine because I am perfectly happy to let her handle that and me just chill.
0: It's better that way.
1: It's better for both of us. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Anything else? Nope. We love you
0: guys. Thanks for listening.
1: Yes. Oh, give us a... Rating, rate us. Yeah. Yeah,
0: rate us, review us, mm-hmm. like, subscribe, get notifications turned on for the podcast so that you know exactly when these drop and
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh screen time film Monday mornings, film banter Wednesday mornings, uh screen time TV, uh Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Sometimes Friday night. <laughs> yeah.
1: That one, yeah, that one we do like immediately. So that one uh that's the only one we don't like do in in advance. You ready, Claudia, to end this in this pod, this awesome movie, <laughs> and uh, go shopping? Yep. One of your favorite pastimes. Yes,
0: I am. I'm. I'm so ready. <laughs> Bye.